Welcome to Small Business Marketing, Then, and Now. A conversation with small business owners on how they marketed the launch of their business, the evolution since then and how they have pivoted during this COVID-19 period. Brought to you by Profit Master Business Solutions. More leads, more sales, and more revenue for your small or medium-sized business. Click findnewrevenue.com to learn more. Now here's your host, Howard Walpoff. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. I'm Howard Walpoff, your host. Again, this is brought to you by Profit Master Business Solutions. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about money management. We have Jason French from the French Capital Management uh, located here in Jacksonville, Florida. It's a money management firm and love to uh, learn a little bit more about how Jason kind of started his own business and, and where he's at. So Jason, welcome to the conversation. Hey, thank you for having me, Howard. So you've been involved in money management for a while. Why don't you take us a little bit through your, your background and how you made the decision to start your own firm? Uh, so previously, before I started French Capital Management, I was working at uh, Merrill Lynch and then Edward Jones. Um, and they provide similar products and services to what I provide now. Um, but uh, as I grew in my career, I realized that there was a lot more that I could be doing for my clients that I wasn't uh, able to do working at a bigger firm like Merrill Lynch or Edward Jones. Um, so I started up French Capital Management as a boutique uh, firm to be able to offer a variety of customized products and services to my clients based on whatever their needs might be. Um, and so that's how I got here today. Okay. And look, it's, it is always good when you have that opportunity to say, how can I help my clients better and, and make yeah. that, uh, and, and make that happen because it's, it's, you, you'll always find people who you can give them certain things, but you're kind of handcuffed and you know what they need, but you can't provide that. And this opening that door by going out yourself can really make their lives better and really provide them with, with, uh, with how you see them benefiting with it in the future. Oh yeah, Definitely. So when you decided to get, get going, how did you launch the business? What kind of, what kind of uh, techniques and strategies do you use uh, to market? Uh, so what it really started with, um, it, in my, in my uh, industry, it's, um, it's interesting because when you, work at a, when you work at another firm and you sign the non-compete agreement, it's enforceable for almost 12 months. So I can't, just leave, uh, I can't just leave my existing firm and go call up all my clients and say, hey, come over here with me. And then all of a sudden I've got a, and all of a, sudden I've got a $20 million business, book of business that I just brought with me. Um, the previous firm I was at, they want to keep those clients. So that's why they handcuff you. Um, so, you know, so what I did, I just, uh, started using all the tactics that I'd used before. Um, and it was mostly, uh, mostly cold calling, um, uh, you know, just meeting people, networking and, uh, being a securities and exchange commission representative, I was very, um, well, it's not, it's actually not the SEC so much as much as, uh, the firms I was working at their requirements that they had and all the limitations that they put on me for social media. I saw social media, um, you know, Facebook, uh, YouTube, um, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. I saw that as the way of the future of being able to meet clients. Um, but the firms I was at, they are very conservative and cautious. They don't want me saying something I'm not supposed to, to a prospect. Uh, for instance, I'm 
you know, they don't want me telling a complete stranger on social media, hey, you know, let's go buy 100 shares of GM, not knowing anything about them. I've got to do my due diligence. So to prevent that, they limit what you can say. Now, as long as I'm following all the guidelines of the SEC, I can write my own uh, social media procedures within my firm, which I'm very happy about. So I get to be me a little bit more. And that is a very important piece to it. I've, I've spoken to a lot of different financial planners and analysis and money management people, and they go crazy with the, the rules and regulations on, uh, on social media. I had one this week who sent me the email that they, someone spent time pulling things out from her Facebook posts, circling them, making notes, and it was like a five-page email of the things they do not want her doing. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's just, and she's like, well, what do I do now? Well, it's, again, I, I described it as you get a, you're told, this is your lane. Your lane might not be big enough to drive an SUV through, but a Yugo can get through and Yugo still, you can get around in a Yugo, but, yeah. but you, you obviously can write things up so that you're back in the lane, you can drive a Toyota. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, tell her, you know, tell her to come talk to me and work with me. I would love, I mean, if she's got something creative that her compliance department is telling her she can't do, it's probably one, a really good idea. And two, it's probably going to potentially make the business a lot of money by bringing in more clients and then expanding their assets under management. Um, the problem is when you see when you're a small company like I am, uh, and somebody go, you know, say the SEC wants to come after me and sue me. Uh, well, or, or not not sue me. They want to file a complaint against me. You know, good luck being able to get twenty thousand dollars out of me for something small. <laughs> you know, that's gonna bankrupt me. That's you know, that's more cash flow than I have in a month. That's all my working capital. If I don't have that for a month, then guess what? I got to close up shop. That's not in their best interest. Their, you know, their best interest is, hey, let's let's just give a little wrist slap to the big companies out there. And so that's what they do. If you look at SEC cases, they're all against Edward Jones, um, Bank of America, Chase Bank, Wells Fargo for infractions like what the uh, like what the girl you're talking to, you know, for things like that. You know, they said something on social media that uh, was misconstrued the wrong way. And guess what? They're able to say, hey, Wells Fargo, get your people in line. And they respond by doing the type of things that happened with her. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's on the people on the, on the, the, uh, I guess in the trenches, it's, it, they're fearful of what they're, they're saying and, and it limits them the, really getting the right clients in to help them uh, with, with the tools that they have. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't have a good, I did not have a good social media presence for a long time until, you know, it actually took a long time me researching the rules and the laws and just becoming a scholar of the Securities and Exchange Commission and their SEC rules and regulations that made me realize like, wait, there is so much more that I could be doing. And so having that freedom, that weight lifted off your chest, you know, because if you're, you know, you're, you've been in marketing for, you know, your entire career, you have to be creative. Exactly. And, and compliance and uh, rules about social media limits that creativity. And it's good that you spent that time researching to know exactly what the uh, what the limitations are. A lot of people who's who are being just being told you can't do it, they like, I don't know what to do, so I, I guess I'll do nothing because they don't know what the rules are. But that that also plays into just testing out marketing uh, different strategies and and what works and what doesn't work. Again, with uh, with how you've done some of the social media with not having feeling that pressure on you, but as the company grew. And you got out from that launch period. What 
different did you incorporate in addition to just uh, making cold calls and getting to that one year period when you obviously could then start calling on some of your, your previous clients? Well, so I, you know, I did, um, you know, I did email capture. Um, I did, you know, I did collect emails. My business partner, Jay, when he hopped on shortly after I started the company, he really helped me expand it. He was the, uh, you know, he was really the brains behind the whole operation. And um, when, and he actually passed away, as I mentioned in February. Um, And so when that happened, I didn't just want to close up the firm. Um, We actually had, uh, so we actually had an office down in Boca um, and that's where a majority Boca Raton down in South Florida. That's where a majority of the clients were. And, you know, Jay, he was my compliance. He was my accounting department. He was, uh, you know, he was everything like that. And um, so for me to actually go back through, then COVID hit at the same time too. um, Part of our continuity plan was we had another firm that we had um, a good relationship with and they were able to handle a majority of our clients just in case, um, you know, something happened with us, they would be able to go to one of our competitors and be taken care of because we've got to take care of the client first and other ones went to um, my third party money managers. So like take like TD Ameritrade, um, uh, you know, we, you know, we cleared through them. Uh, so we would actually, we lost a lot of business. And so I'm basically restarting the whole foundation of the company again and the people that we did lose down in uh, Boca Raton, they wanted somebody that was local, that they could call, that they could meet face-to-face that was in their area. And that does bring some limitations when, somebody, when you know you can help greater areas and people want that face-to-face. But let's, right. look, let's look at that now because obviously things have changed a lot in 2020 with, uh, with COVID-19 and uh, not being able to be face-to-face because of social distancing um, especially down in South Florida with the, with the challenge that they're having right now. But, yeah. uh, but with, with Zoom and other different types of platforms, has that opened up more opportunity? You know, with, uh, I, I don't do, I mean, Zoom with a lot of people has gotten very popular. Um, you and I were talking about that. I haven't really, um, I haven't really explored too much with Zoom. I was more of a Google Hangouts user. <laughs> so, you know, you can definitely, you can definitely, um, you know, you can definitely have conferences with people. You can talk to them. I run a webinar, um, you know, twice a week and I'm able to get the webinar out to people like everywhere in Florida, uh, because that's where I'm licensed to practice. Um, you know, if I was licensed in Georgia or other States, there's, you know, there's a little bit more registration fees behind that. So I try to keep it to Florida, but now I'm thinking, well, if people just accept, Hey, this is the new normal as we call it. Um, then it's going to it's going to be more advantageous for me to continue to do meetings like we're doing virtually. It's it really has helped businesses yeah. grow in in so many different ways and 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 expand their horizons and more importantly keep business flowing as people have been at home and afraid to to interact with people. So it's it's good that uh, whether it's, it's Zoom or Google Hangouts that uh, that that you're finding ways to to still really connect with people. Oh yeah. And just when you do that, like, you know, we're having, you know, we're having a meeting right now. So we said, okay, yeah, this date and time, well, you know, go back, you know, go back, you know, a year ago or even before COVID or, you know, 10 years ago, like, Hey, let's have a meeting at this place at this time. 
well, you got to leave point A to get to the meeting location. So there's windshield time behind that. Then one or both parties might be running a little bit late. And, uh, you know, you go through, you have your meeting. Then there's windshield time, you know, drive time, um, you know, drive time for our viewers or our listeners. Uh, that's the time it takes to get from one meeting to another. So in a typical day with five meetings with 20 minutes of drive time each, that's almost, you know, two hours right there potentially that were wasted. Yeah. You can listen, you know, you can listen to like you uh, like a CD or something like that or a podcast or something on, in your vehicle, you know, listening to, you know, listen to the news, but still though, I mean, wouldn't it be more advantageous if you can just go from meeting to meeting to meeting and that's what zoom and virtual meetings provide. It, it's unfortunately for the, uh, the uh, gas and oil companies who've, uh, who've been hurt more than anything with these. It's, it helps everybody else. And it's just, it's incredible how much more you do get to stick into your calendar and how many more people you can connect with than you ever could have. And even with, with virtual networking that you're, you're in rooms with people that if you went to a networking event and there's a hundred people in the room, you guess be 10, maybe um, yeah. that many and spend a lot of time trying to strategize who you're going to talk to and hope you made the right choice. And it, this definitely helps. It helps the introvert and it helps the, uh, it, uh, people be more productive with their time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. So how do you see things for your business as you're moving forward? Again, again, being in Florida, there's still challenges here and hopefully things will improve. Um, best case scenarios we're hearing there will be the vaccine December. Who knows if that's true or how that will affect and the amounts of people taking it. What, where do you see the, the next year or, or is it too early to even figure out your next marketing steps with the next year? Well, I mean, you know, I look at it, I, I mean, in some ways, COVID was actually a little bit more of a blessing for me because I was able to, you know, I, I was always a fan of doing things virtually. Um, I, I'm, I'm comfortable virtual, even though I'm more extroverted, I, I do read people better if I'm actually in their presence um, because body language is everything, you know, like little subtleties that they do, um, just with their hands, with, you know, the direction that they're looking, um, and just, you know, there's something that, uh, people are very comfortable, some people are comfortable with, with interactions and they want to meet in person. You can still meet those people, but for the other people who would much rather prefer to meet virtually that, you know, this is, this is definitely their moment, um, and I see kind of like a, uh, like a dual strategy, strategy that I can implement. It can be some virtual, some in person and, you know, pick the people who want to meet in person, meet them in person. The people that want to meet virtually, meet them virtually. And it's, it's good to have options and that really it's, it's you're trying to find the right comfort zone for the people that you're connecting with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Definitely. Um, but like, you know, we might have some listeners to this that are in another state. Uh, Florida's pretty lax with their laws right now with uh, regarding the lockdown. Um, so, you know, you can gather in restaurants, you can gather in uh, public spaces, other cities and states from what I've understood, like I guess out in Denver, you can't do the same stuff in Florida. Uh, you can't do the same stuff in Denver that you can do in Florida. So it, it's based on whatever city that you're in. Um, I can still meet people and say, hey, let's go to, um, you know, let's go over to a Metro Diner and uh, meet for breakfast or lunch or something. We can still do that here. And someone gave me the concept a couple of months ago. So things were a little different stages that they were doing. Um, 
was it drive-by coffees, I think they called it. So they'd go to Starbucks, they'd park next to each other, get the coffee, and uh, I guess they'd get the coffee through the drive-through, park next to each other, roll down the windows, and then have their uh, have their 45-minute meeting sitting in their cars like that. Yeah, that's another concept that you can do right there too. Definitely. She was, yeah, she that, was very proud of where, that, how many times that uh, she was able to pull that off. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, people are going to come up with creative new ways of doing business. Definitely, uh, because you know, you can't like because like if you just turn off the revenue stream, that's not good. You know, you've got your bills to pay, you got your families to take care of. Uh, when you get when you get pushed into a corner and that fight or flight. Uh, mechanism kicks in that's when you can come up with oh yeah let's do something creative like what you're talking about like a drive-by meeting exactly it's again is that is that creativity working as 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 well as possible for you yeah i might have to actually try that now that you mentioned it again the the comfort zone of your uh of your customer what what makes them more comfortable having that conversation and it's it does blend the uh the the interactive one-on-one with a little sense of social distancing yeah definitely and air conditioning yeah yeah that also (laughs) (laughs) so jason what's the best way for people to get in contact with you if they have uh financial questions financial uh management needs and uh and and to have the opportunity to work with you uh i got a couple of different ways that you can reach me um so my uh telephone number is 904-479-8843 uh, you can send an email to admin at frenchcapitalmanagement.com. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. Um, so that's just uh, my uh, my handle is French Capital Management. And then Instagram, uh, French Capital Management. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. I think it's, it's really uh, it's great to see how you've really adapted from having to, again, the, some of those, uh, those one year, um, agreements that, that limit you of who you're able to work for. You, you really show the best in you to, to the, that the way you, people go out and, and just start new with a, with a new set of, uh, of clients. So it's really great that that was part of your real marketing mix to, to get going, but really how you evolved over the, over the course of the, uh, the five plus years of, of your firm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marketing, I've found, is the most important uh, factor in a business. There's nothing more important than marketing, I've found. And I, I, would, I would definitely agree. So, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Howard. And everyone for listening, thank you so much. Again, I really hope that you're enjoying this and every conversation we're having. Uh, go out and have a great day today, and we'll see you next time. This has been Small Business Marketing, then and now. Brought to you by Profit Master Business Solutions. Marketing strategy for the small business owner. To learn more, click findnewrevenue.com.